1: Feeling imperfect, insecure, or inadequate? How do you show kindness, self-acceptance, gratitude, and compassion towards yourself every day? Mental health is a journey, and Switch Research delivers expert guidance along the way. Their mission is to provide you with effective, easily accessible mental health resources to help you become a happier and more resilient you. Switch Research partners with psychologists, clinical therapists, researchers, psychiatrists, and more who have years of academic or clinical experience under their belt to provide evidence-based journals, and digital work courses. I have been using the self-love journal for the past few weeks and love how pointed it is, how affordable it is, and that it takes no more than five, 10 minutes out of my day to really get to the core of of things. Transform negative thoughts into self-love. Use our code bwellsys 20 today at switchresearch.org to get 20% off of your purchase again transform negative thoughts into self-love by using our code bewellcys20 at switchresearch.org to get 20% off of your purchase too often black women are a mere afterthought in conversations around wellness but not in this space on this podcast the dialogue is always centered around women like you Welcome to the podcast, but more importantly, welcome to the tribe. Be well, sis. How would your life be different if you accepted yourself wholeheartedly? Happy New Year and happy Black History Month. Yes, I'm still saying Happy New Year. (laughs) Welcome back to the Be Well, Sis podcast. I'm your host, Cassandra Dunbar. We are back with season four, and I feel it's only fitting to revisit one of my favorite episodes from season one. One of the conversations that I often think about is the one that I had with Nakia Homer. And really, it all boils down to honesty. In my conversation with Nakia, we explored how her complete honesty about herself, her circumstances have allowed her to grow and and have contributed to the successes that she has as an author, Grammy Award winning songwriter, and life coach. So how honest are you to you about you? Do you have thoughts that as soon as they come up, you quickly suppress or redirect them? Those thoughts that might be memories or deep desires of what you actually want for your life or reflections on how you may have disappointed yourself or have been disappointed by people or circumstances. Self-honesty is not only addressing the things in your past, it's also being honest about yourself, about the things that you're really great at. So many of us downplay our talents and gifts and look at our lives and ourselves by measuring what we lack we neglect to see all the things that we have and are capable of the very things that have so much power to improve our current circumstances and i'm not just talking as somebody who hasn't been there trust me i'm there with you as we speak you know um being honest with ourselves truly being honest with ourselves really gives us a chance to to learn and to grow and these are really important aspects of having respect for ourselves right I've spent the past few years in therapy and my therapist is amazing she's so dope she is everything I could have asked for it in a therapist and I think she's a great fit for me however I've been able to make the most progress In the last few months of our therapy, because I've been finally able to be honest with myself and therefore be honest with her. And she could only help me to navigate through things, which, whether they're, you know, past traumas or whether they are my quote unquote baggage, only if she knows what's really going on with me. And she could only help me to navigate my present and ultimately my future if I'm honest about what my current state is, and what I actually want out of this life. What does success look like for me? What does peace look like for me? What does happiness look like for me? All of those things are questions that I needed to answer for myself, honestly and truly answer for myself without judgment, and then speak to her about it, right? Self-honesty and Self-acceptance is super, super important for a couple of reasons. The first reason is to gain clarity. You know, the better clarity you have about the things you want in your life and the more honest you are with yourself about those things is when is ultimately the first step in achieving those things and going after those things. People may try to dictate to us that our priorities are what we want or what we should be achieving and what we should be striving for, right? But until we make the decision as to what looks and feels good to us, can we truly step into living a life that is really aligned with who we are? And we have to get that clarity by being honest, really, really honest about that with ourselves. Another reason why it's important to be honest with ourselves is because it allows you to become absolutely fearless. With enough self-knowledge, people's judgments really become less important. At this point, there is nothing that someone could tell me about myself that I don't already know, and there is so much power in that. A lot of us have given our power away because we... And have made ourselves small because we are so afraid of people's judgments, people's assessments of us, and we allow people to tell us who we are. By being honest with ourselves, truly, truly honest, radically honest with ourselves, and knowing who we are, there is nothing that somebody can say about us. Or People can't tell us who we are because we already know who we are firmly for good or for bad. We know who we are and we stand 10 toes down in that, right? Another reason why it's important to come to a place where we um, are radically honest with ourselves is because it helps us strengthen our relationships, No relationship can survive without honesty, and that includes the relationship with ourselves. And as you know, that is the most important relationship that we'll have. So in order to truly get to know yourself and to truly love and accept yourself, you have to be honest with yourself. And then moving outside of yourself, in order to have real, deep, authentic, meaningful relationships with those around us, we have to be honest First with ourselves about who we are and then with them and they can take it or leave it. The people that love you truly for who you are will accept you and have already accepted you for who you are. So by being honest first with yourself and then with them, it can only deepen and strengthen the bond that you already have. So as you listen to this really insightful and inspiring conversation that I had with Nakia. I want you to ask yourself, what truths have you held from yourself and in what ways can total self-acceptance change your life for the better? Again, thanks so much for joining. Please make sure you take a screenshot of your phone screen while listening to the podcast and share on social media by tagging BeWellSys underscore podcast on Instagram. Again, thanks again for joining. I am so, so glad you're here. Be well, sis today i have such a big treat for the audience you guys i have nakia homer on the show with us she is amazing i'm pretty sure you've seen her work on instagram um she's a coach she's an author composer songwriter um social worker mom what else am i missing she does everything (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> don't forget i'm a girl from the projects who <laughs> yes. decided not to settle <laughs> yes, that's, yes. My, that's my um a tagline that i came up with a while ago and it kind of stick stuck i don't use it as much but i i don't want to leave the hood out of me
1: <laughs> and you know what i love about what i read about your story and even just in following you on instagram is that you embrace all of you I feel like, at least for myself, there was one point where I was kind of like, oh, man, I don't like that part of my story, so let me not share it. And you have been so open in sharing everything that you're from the hood, that you got out the hood, and, you know, that your upbringing may have been a little bit rocky, like a lot of ours has, right? So Mm -hmm. if you can, can you please go ahead and share with the audience who you are and where you came from and to where you are now?
2: Well, sure. Yes, I am. Um, an award-winning songwriter. I am a former social worker. Um, I've worked as a makeup artist. I've my own business for so many years, Makeup by Nakia, and I've had the opportunity to work with um, celebrities, news anchors, you name it. I've pretty much done it. Um, I've been a barista at Starbucks. I've done pretty much everything I wanted to do. Um, but my life did not start out that way. Of course, my life started in the projects with two teenage parents. My mother was 15, my dad was 16, and I was raised by my paternal grandmother, Sweet May, Um, God rest her soul, who just passed away a month ago. She brought me home from the hospital and raised me along with my dad, my uncle, and my aunt in the projects. For the first 17 years of my life, that's where I grew up. And um, when I share my story and talk to my clients or speak to at-risk youth or teens, And even when I work with those others who are in the field of human services and social workers, teaching them how to relate and connect with people who were once like I was, Mm -hmm. um, it's really important to know that you don't have to wait until you are a full-grown adult to make life-altering decisions.
0: Mm -hmm. At the
2: age of 10 years old... Um, there was some woman who came into my community to speak to us, uh, me and all the rest of us there in the hood. And she shared some statistics and she talked about how, if your mother was um, addicted to drugs, then you would be addicted to drugs more than likely. Mm-hmm. If your parents were alcoholics, you're more likely to become an alcoholic, smokers, alcoholics, et cetera. If your parents were teenage parents, then the likelihood of you becoming a teenage parent was great as well. And uh, she was sitting sharing those statistics it just it shook me up for one because she was telling my life story you know everything that she said if then was me Mm -hmm. and the other thing is because even though she was saying it as truth and as statistics and based on research and study it didn't really sit right with me it didn't resonate so Mm -hmm. at 10 years old after hearing her i made my first goal Um, i set my first goal and that was to get out of the hood my my second goal was to not be a teenage parent. My third goal was to not be the product of an abusive relationship. And I kind of just went on with my life that way. I had no real plan mm-hmm. of execution. Education was a big part of it. Exposure was a big part of it. But all I knew is that I didn't want to be what everybody else thought that I would be. I didn't want to become a product of my environment. I didn't want to do the same things that everyone else did. And so that's pretty much how I set out to become the person that I am today. And when I shared the story, you're talking about, you talked, you know, briefly about how I don't leave out any of those parts of my life. If it were not for that upbringing, I wouldn't have made those decisions. I'm not sure of who I would have become as a result of a different life, but I'm grateful, um, that even though it was difficult, even though I had to endure childhood trauma, Mm -hmm. um, It brought me to this place and I'm good where I'm at.
1: Yeah. And I Mm -hmm. think it's just beautiful how at 10 years old, you are so, I'm not sure if it's intuitive, that's the word, but definitely your maturity level was something else. I'm thinking about myself at 10. I don't think I had it together to even like think past where I currently was. You know what I mean? So I think Mm -hmm. that's just beautiful and like speaks to who you are, like then to make you into the one that you are now.
2: I mean, it sounds really poetic and it sounds really thought out now because I'm telling the story in hindsight. Mm -hmm. Um, But it wasn't that it wasn't that eloquent at all. I really just was like, not me. (laughs) Not me. Not going to do that. Not going to go here. Mm -hmm. And of course, it wasn't a perfect journey. I made some horrible mistakes and did some things
0: Mm -hmm. that
2: could have absolutely derailed me. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's also important to note that because of my upbringing with teenage parents growing up in a projects, not raised by them. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it forced me to go up a lot sooner than I probably would have. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I will say that.
1: Yeah. And, and in speaking about embracing all of you and realizing that everything that you've gone through helped shape you now, have you always been like that or did it take some time to get to that space?
2: It definitely took some time. So I always tell people, um, you know, one of the things that I've written, um, I can't remember my exact words right now, but you know, you've grown when you stop when you start to tell the story differently. Mm. So the way I tell the story now is not the way I've always told the story. Mm -hmm. So being a product of teenage parents was not always something that I was happy about. I had to go through a lot um, as a result of not being raised by my mother. Mm -hmm. Um, I was raised in the household with my father, but I felt rejected not being raised by my mother. Mm -hmm. And when I was young, and and because she raised my sister, I have a younger sister um, who we share the same mom. When I told the story back then, it wasn't as nice and as, like I said, as eloquent. You know, I didn't Mm -hmm. feel good. And um, what happened was as I grew older, and I started to read a lot, and I started to um, gain some insight as to what I wanted to do and who I wanted to become, what I had to do was kind of look at what was leading me there. Mm. And so what I saw was that all of that difficulty, all of those things that I didn't think were um, pretty about the story of my my life were the things that led me to my successes, led me to the moments where I was proud of myself, led me to all of the goals that I set and the decisions that I made. And so it was when I look back on it in that way
0: mm-hmm. that
2: I started to see it differently. And it was only because people asked me, mm-hmm. so they would say, share your story as a kid. Um, I was asked to share my story with other kids mm-hmm. as a teenager. I was asked to share. And so once you tell it, especially when you tell it with a purpose um Mm. telling your story with a purpose changes it it changes the narratives it changes the characters it sets you in a different role because now you're the narrator and you find that you're the co-producer or the co-writer um it really just changes everything
1: yeah definitely and it's
2: hey
1: sis enjoying the episode if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please go ahead and give us a five-star rating along with a glowing review. And if you're not listening to Apple Podcasts, please take a screenshot of your screen while you're listening and share on your social media. Also, tag BeWellSys underscore podcast and two of your friends who you think will enjoy the show. I mean, they'll enjoy it. So go ahead, tag them. <laughs> now let's get back to it.
2: Yes, yeah.
1: About self-love. I feel that's like a real big buzzword these days. And yeah. I'm not sure if we all really know, like, what does it really mean to love yourself? Like, like what self-love yeah. in your opinion?
2: I, I, I don't know. I just, I think that that's a loaded um, topic for sure. Mm-hmm. Because when you think about self-love, especially you think back 10 years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, um, you think of standing in a mirror and repeating, I love myself over and over again, right? right? You think about all of the stickies that um, being Mary Jane put all over her mirror. Or yes. wall. Um, <laughs> I never watched the show, but I heard about it. Um, mm-hmm. You think about affirmations and you think about words, but for me, um, self-love, I, I think I just wrote about it the other day. It, it, it is what's included in self-love is self-awareness, Mm -hmm. self-acceptance self-accountability there's a whole bunch of selves involved in self-love and it's funny that you brought this topic up because um i've been talking to to my clients over the years about self-love and my journey to accepting myself accepting my story of course Mm -hmm. um understanding the role that i played in it and how i was not just a victim how i survived it i think Mm -hmm. that's my quote you know you've grown when you stop telling when you stop talking about your your pain Mm -hmm. and share the story of your survival. Mm -hmm. Um, And so once I start to see myself differently, then um, the journey to being self-aware and self-acceptance and Mm -hmm. self-accountability leads to ultimate self-love. And I don't say things without defining it Mm -hmm. um, because I'm a woman of words. It's really important. Mm -hmm. And so when you look up the definition of self-love, it says regards for one's own well-being and happiness. Mm -hmm. right that's just one of the definitions regard for one's own well-being and happiness and so I thought I was on this 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 brave journey of um being um you know aware of who I am and owning it my well-being and my happiness and then there was a quote um not too long ago I believe it was Dr. Tama who said um if you loved yourself, some of the things you've been deliberating over would be an easy choice. Ooh, Right? If you loved yourself, some of the things you've been deliberating would be an easy choice. And I realized, okay, I still have more self-love work to do. Mm -hmm. And so if you were to ask me if I love myself, my answer is a confident yes. Mm-hmm. But, I am growing into the other parts of self love and the process of self love which is self awareness mm-hmm. self um and in 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 self accountability, mm-hmm. which I think that whole okay, why are you questioning yourself so much, and why are you allowing so mm-hmm. many of these things into your life and I think that's where the self care um mm-hmm. peace kinda comes in. And so to answer your question, my definition of self love is the definition that's written in Webster Dictionary dot com. Mm-hmm. It is um regard for your own well being and happiness. Mm-hmm. But you won't get there unless you accept yourself as a whole being mm-hmm. and then identify what makes you happy. Yeah. So there's a lot of work that goes into self love. It's not I love you eleven times in the mirror.
1: Right. <laughs> and just to piggyback off of that, I feel like self-love is a journey. And I feel like I don't know if any of us really gets to the end point, quote unquote, mm-hmm. ever. It's always constant work to be done. The self-accountability part is so hard, at least for me. That's mm-hmm. so hard to like, yeah. All right, you did this, you made a mistake. Why would you do it and hold yourself to it to not make mm-hmm. that same mistake again? That's, that's the tough mm-hmm. part for me. Oh. Yeah,
2: and then being self-aware because of what I found about myself is because of my childhood, mm-hmm. because of my backstory, there's a lot of me that um is me because I had to be that. Yeah, you know, in order to survive what I've gone through, in order to live through some of the experiences that I've had, I had to be this version of myself that I probably would not have been naturally. Yeah. Um, if it were not for certain things. And so as you grow up and as you grow and heal from those things, then there are certain parts of you that are no longer needed. Mm-hmm. And that space is filled with a new version of you that you have yet to meet. Yeah. And so as I'm growing and healing and meeting different parts of me, um, accepting these different parts of me, trying to decide which parts I want to keep, which parts need to be left behind. Um, It is absolutely a process that probably will never end.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you touched on it earlier, um, talking about self-care and how that pretty much is intertwined in a way with self-love. So I know that you're a mom and you Mm -hmm. do all of these things professionally. How do you incorporate self-care into your daily routine?
2: I'm very honest about the fact that self-care is something that I am not good at. <laughs> I have learned I have learned to self-sacrifice. My grandmother, who just passed away, gave her life for, for me and for everyone around her. Mm-hmm. And that is what I saw um, as good womanhood. Mm-hmm. I saw her as a great woman. I saw her as a leader. I saw her as a survivor. And so that's what I did. And so I've done a lot of things at my own expense over the years. And so this journey through self-care is something that is, um, I'm evolving into. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I realized is that, um, that, like, I I just talked about how there are certain parts of me I had to become in order to survive. Mm -hmm. One of the things about being from the hood is that you are a really good observer of certain things. And because I grew up in a household where there were drug addicts, Mm -hmm. um, I'm really good at reading people. Mm -hmm. And so very early on, I set boundaries when it came to people. And I was very firm with it because I didn't want to waste my time. And (laughs) that was seen negatively by a lot of people. And I realized that the people who had a problem with my boundaries were the people who wanted to cross them. So the people who have a problem with our boundaries are usually the people who want to cross them because Mm -hmm. you doing what is good for you is not going to upset anyone who loves you. Yep. anyone who cares for you, anyone who wants the best for you. Here and you. what ended up happening is I started to be around people who were uncomfortable with my boundaries. And in my quest to become a better version of myself, I said, you know, maybe I'm too rigid mm-hmm. when it comes to certain things. And maybe I'm too, too, I called myself too mouthy, too smart mouth. And through therapy, I realized that it was assertiveness mm-hmm. <laughs> that people just couldn't understand because no one had held them accountable.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
2: anyway, um as part of my self-care journey now I'm learning to keep some of the parts of me that I needed to survive to survive Mm. the second half of my life yeah right if I'm going if I'm going to become this woman that I am meant to be and help the the women that I am meant to help um I have to have boundaries Mm -hmm. I have to take care of self and I can't do things at my expense yeah so to answer your question when it comes to my children what I've learned is that me being 100, me mm-hmm. being my best, is the best gift that I could give them Yes. as a mother. When I'm upset, when I'm moody, when I'm rigid, when I'm anxious, when I'm worried, when I'm whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, they feed off that energy. Mm-hmm. That energy is in our home, it's in the atmosphere. And so doing things intentionally To take care of myself is something I had to do. So every morning when I wake up, I write my list of things to do. And in that list are some of my self-care practices. But um, for me, self-care looks a lot different than other people. A lot of it is self-accountability. I get my hair done. I get my nails done. I wear my lipstick. Mm -hmm. um, I take my bath. That's not Mm -hmm. an issue. Mm -hmm. It's the the things I have to do to be the best me. That Mm -hmm. is where I'm at with self-care. Um, to define me as a woman every day and it's it's crazy because as we get older we have to do just as much unlearning mm-hmm. as we did learning growing up because like I said before um, who you were you know five years ago is not necessarily who you need to be now yeah. um, depending on your lifestyle depending on the growth and the healing that has taken place depending on the people that have been introduced into your life things change mm-hmm. and so does the versions of ourselves and so does our self-care practice mm-hmm. um you know waking up between 350 and four thirty was a part of my self-care practice mm-hmm. for years and now I don't need to do that but getting up before everyone else was so important to me mm-hmm. I needed that time where no one was looking at me talking to me Um I was able to, I love to work out at 5 a.m mm-hmm. it's my favorite time of the day to work out like things like that to understand about boundaries is we can't get mad at people for crossing boundaries. We never set. Mm. So if you don't tell people what you need or what you want or how you need things to go, Mm. then they're not going to know how to be around you. So sometimes it's not a matter of people imposing themselves or their will on you. Sometimes they just don't know. So that's one thing I would say. Um, And you can't go setting boundaries before you know who you are. Mm. You can't go setting boundaries until you know what you need. So always go within before you start looking on outside of you and the changes that need to be made on the outside. Um so that's that's number 1. Start with self-awareness. Mm. Um the second thing is 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 being very aware of what you need. Um and then making sure that the people in your life know about it mm. and you don't always need to make an announcement. Mm. I think people think that they have to send out a mass text saying, you know, <laughs> my name is Nakia and I've evolved. And these are my boundaries for 2020. Um, if you want to set upset someone, start spouting those boundaries in that way. Um, you don't have to make an announcement. Just start being yourself and doing your thing. The example I gave is how um, in the morning, it's really important for me to get myself together early in the morning. And getting myself together encompasses a lot. Prayer, um, reading, listening to something good. Um, I don't like to talk a lot. I don't like the lights on. Um, I like to drink coffee or tea. It's a lot that goes into my morning routine. Mm -hmm. But I also don't like to bring anyone into my space before a certain time outside of my immediate family. Mm -hmm. And so I don't take phone calls between um, at, at one point I wasn't taking any calls before nine, but then I had a commute. So I mm-hmm. was talking to people before then it, it was 11, it changes. Um, so the point of the story is I just stopped answering the phone. Mm. I didn't announce to people, don't call me. I didn't send out a text to say, I'm not answering the call. I didn't answer the phone and say, I'm not talking now. (laughs) I just stopped answering. Mm. And people in my life realized that they weren't getting me on the phone between certain hours. So they started calling me later. Mm. I did answer around lunchtime. I did answer um, before or after dinner. And so they just realized that that's when they were able to get in contact with me. So I taught them when to reach out. (laughs) No announcement was made. Um, Same thing with friendships. If you want to have conversations with your friends, just start the conversations. I think we bring too many people in when it comes to us doing our personal work. Mm. So just be self-aware, understand what you need and what you want, Make sure the people who need to know, know, and then just do what you need to do. Like just be you, Mm -hmm. um, keep growing and healing and doing your thing and people around you will see it. They will understand it. And if they love you, they will love it.
1: Oh, that's a word. Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. You mentioned your clients. So what type of work do you do um, currently? Do you still work with clients?
2: I do. I do on a very, um, restricted basis. So I, I'm a copywriter. I do so many things, beloved. I really do. Um, but I write for creative business owners. And so that is what I do a lot of the time. Um, in addition to that, I do offer group and one-on-one sessions. I call it power sessions. Mm -hmm. And so what I do is I offer the opportunity to work with me on very specific things like, um, surviving childhood trauma, setting Mm -hmm. boundaries, self-awareness, self-care, and those things. And um, you can either have a a call with me for 60 to 90 minutes, Mm -hmm. or we do one-month power sessions, three months or six months. And I like to do it that way Mm -hmm. because this work isn't something you can do overnight. It's most certainly not something you can do in a conversation. Mm -hmm. And so the way I like to work is with clients in that way. And because I'm working with the same person, Um, or the same group of people for that amount of time, Mm -hmm. um, I'm really able to be laser focused on them and to really offer them as much attention as they need. Um, And I really appreciate the work. Um, I get this question all the time. Are you a therapist? And my answer is no, Mm -hmm. I'm not a therapist because I didn't want to be um, prohibited from reading you when I needed to for telling you the truth about your life. If you want to talk to me, I'm going to give you advice. Do not come to me if you don't want me to tell you what to do. Because if I know, I going to tell you to do. And I get into all kinds of legal trouble doing that. <laughs> Although my therapist, I don't go to therapy often, but I have someone I talk to. Um, she really will tell me what to do. <laughs> so yeah, when I say clients, that's what I'm referring to. My, my clients who are in my power sessions.
1: Okay. So are you taking clients now do you? Uh-huh,
2: I am. Yeah, I I I make announcements when I do because like I said because it's a one month, three month and six months mm-hmm. when when those are opening up when people are graduating out of the And the thing about it is I have people who've been with me since 2014 when I first went online and started doing this mm-hmm. and they're still with me. So those spaces are hard to come by, but yes. Yes, I do.
1: And where do can have- Where can the audience reach out to see if you are taking um, any clients? Is it on your website? Um,
2: mm -hmm. On my website, on the services page. Everything you need to know about it is there. Um, I love for people to get my DMs on Instagram. Um, I'm not one of those people who are like, stay on my DMs. I like it there because usually it's about about something I just said and I'm able to reference it and I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, Or via email, Nikia at Nikiahomer.com
1: okay and then all of our information will be in the show notes as well everything will be linked down there mm-hmm. thank you so 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 much I could talk to you forever <laughs> um, I
0: um just,
1: just I don't know you're wise you're pleasant and your voice is you have such a soothing voice like I can listen to you forever too so thank <laughs> you thank you I appreciate your time I appreciate you sharing with us and Thank you. I'm so grateful. Thank
2: you for having me. And I appreciate the work that you're doing and keep it up. We need um, more um, platforms like this to have discussions that we need to have about doing something other than just being cute and fabulous and queenly. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that is necessary, but so is this kind of work. So thank
1: you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Be Well Cis podcast. For more information on anything discussed in this episode, please see the show notes and or visit www.bewellcispodcast.com. Oh, and don't forget to leave a five-star rating on Apple. Until next time, be well, sis.